Welcome to episode 218 of Coffee Pods and Wads. Wait, what's that sound? Oh, it's a lovely peach fizz rain ready to fuel your next workout. Oh, goodness me, are those new rad ones that you've got on? How fancy. And what's this? One of the Hybrid Academy summer range of colourful t-shirts. You went to the hybridacademy.store and used Pod 10 for money off. Oh, how smart of you. Your phone just notified you. You're feeling well recovered and ready to perform at your peak thanks to engaging with and reacting to the stream of information that Whoop is providing you with since you joined using the code join.whoop.com for slash cpw and now you can brag to everyone in the show community page that you joined using com-cpw365. Wow, that is good information. Your coach is ready to take you through a perfectly delivered session since she got back from her birdboxcoachdevelopment.com course that she saved money on by using the code PODS. What a time to be alive and... You're about to listen to an interview with Darren Ellis from New Zealand. He opened the country's first affiliate with Taz Barber and now he coaches online for himself and with the training plan. This day couldn't get any better, could it? Well, it can now because that convoluted introduction is over. Enjoy, listen, share and tag. But it's cool though, it's exciting. Uh, parenthood is great. Like, it's exhausting. Yeah, it's exhausting. I wasn't going to do it. I was, um, I was dead set against it my whole life. Um, oh and then yeah and then um yeah there we are so never say never and i've always been i've always been a never say never guy but i was like i'm pretty sure i'm not keen for kids um and was it just a shift uh, in mindset or did something happen or what uh well i mean something happened (laughs) (laughs) a man and a woman love each other very much (laughs) um and then yes you know like so uh, but i was immediately like well it looks like you know we're gonna have to do something about this and then um just yeah the mind shift mind shift like you just said just started sort of thinking about it and talking about it and thought we should this is actually not (laughs) of course sounds horrible saying it out loud this is actually not the worst thing in the world um and, I think uh, you always yeah, you you, you could not you a moment regret. Once I though. decided, yeah. Oh, but I was. I think I was just selfish, you know. And um, I I I'd done a lot of traveling, and I and I and I continued to do so even um, uh, in recent years. And uh, you know, hobbies, training, whatever, you know. And it's just a selfish thing. And you think there's no way there's room for a kid in all mm. of this. And like anything, it just makes you more organized. Um, and uh, it's hard not to be upset about starting every morning with big smiles and laughs and you know and playing like that's really the that's the secret right there isn't it yeah. so yeah i'm a i'm a full convert yeah um we we were wary of sending sloan to daycare and recently she started crying when she's fucking coming home so she'd be like i went to collect her today and uh, she was like, she was like, no, dad, go away. And it's like, you are just so mean. <laughs> and the whole way home, she cried, being like, want to go back, want to go back. Oh, wow. And I'm there in the front of the car being like, wow. you have no idea how hurtful this is. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> but then you lift her out and she gives you a kiss in the head and you're like, you can say whatever you want to me. I yeah, don't care. I love right. it. Yeah. 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 Too, good. Um, Too good. Well, look, we've, uh, we've a bit to cover um, and like right. I, I i kind of feel like there's a small delay like maybe about a second and a half where oh uh, yeah i think you're i don't know one of us i'm one of us is lagging behind the other but there's nothing we can do about it so i'll just if you finish speaking and there's a pause it's because i'm waiting to make sure you're finished speaking before i follow up or whatever uh, yeah. and if i inter- if, if okay. i interrupt you i'm not 
intending to interrupt you. I've started speaking when I thought there was a gap. Um, so listen, thanks uh, for coming on. Um, it's great. It was actually uh, Patrick Cummings put me on to you. Um, he ah, yeah. sent me your profile and said this would be an interesting guy to talk to. And um, I'm always wary when someone sends me someone because I'm like, oh, why though? Like, what? What's interesting? And then I started like looking at your stuff, and I was like, all right, okay, yeah, I get it. Like, I can see, I can see <laughs> the appeal. Um, is your your base in New Zealand? Oh, he's a good man. He is a good. Yes. Man. Um, and have you? Li- you're born and bred. Born and bred, yeah. Okay. Um, I spent most of my twenties, uh, sort of in the UK and Canada, doing the, doing the overseas experience. But yeah, okay. Um, where through. where were you in the UK? Uh, the majority of time was London. I lived in Edinburgh for a wee while. Um, oh, that I was, actually, that was pretty had... sweet. Throwing throwing in a wee while there with Edinburgh. That was a nice little tip of the hat towards <laughs> Scotland. You know what? That wasn't even intentional. Um, <laughs> but uh, well, I mean, that's that's that is the roots, though. Um, I actually have dual nationality. Um, Okay. Irish New Zealand, uh, thanks to uh, grandfather, um, and and Scottish roots as well. Um, oh, so where's first, your, where uh, in Ireland is your grandfather from? Uh, Ballymoney, Northern. Ballymoney. Where the fuck is Ballymoney? Just north okay. of north of Belfast. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Have you know? Have you know? Um, that's cool. So, did he move over to New Zealand, or was it his? Yeah. Son or daughter moved over. Yeah, he moved, he, he moved over. Yeah. Okay. Um, my he's, so yeah, my his my mother his his daughter, um, and then yeah, the on the other side on my father's side, uh, actually a Spaniard, uh, escaping the naval conscription, came down to New Zealand and married a Scottish woman. Wow. Um, so yeah, we got it got it coming in from from both angles there. And uh, do you know why your granddad went to New Zealand? No, not specifically. Because um, it was a fair bit to travel. Then, life like. is the blanket thing. Oh, blows the mind, right? But uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it's just that new frontier, those opportunities, that sort yeah. of thing. He escaped from a convict ship or something like that, maybe heading for Australia. And <laughs> no, that's, that's the Aussies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> um, yeah, we never get tired of that one. Yeah, I always ask... Um, people from Australia or New Zealand, do, uh, do you drink coffee? Um, too deep. Yeah, because I always, I always ask uh, people from your neck of the woods, do you realise, you must if you travelled, but you, you surely realise how spoilt you are when it comes to coffee, like the, the standard, the shittest coffee there yeah. is like better than most everywhere else. I don't really understand why that's happened, um, considering we were as bad as anyone in the, in the old days. Um, you know, there weren't cafes, there were tea rooms, uh, you know, we'd get this, this cup of disgusting brew, um, and, and instant coffee. If you, if you were to order that or some kind of, you know, horrible drip stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just somehow took to it. Um, and yeah, traveled, I remember traveling to America and going to a cafe and asking for an espresso and they say, Oh no, we've only got and he points over his shoulder and he's got those like, uh, oh, yeah, the jugs or whatever, like vats, like where they like plunge it out. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, ca- to... uh, here. Yeah. yeah, um, and that was it. 
just just this brood stuff sitting there for hours <laughs> of course they've since shifted you know you can if you know where to look say like like somewhere like la or new york you know you can find some amazing cafes um but it took them a while where starbucks was the the gold standard hmm. um, it's weird yeah, i wonder like, is it like I, got a, I got a home set up speciality coffee started just like nerds started getting interested in it in australia and new zealand first and then because like it's only that's only happened in mm-hmm. ireland in the last like t- 10 years like before then it was like shite and there's still a lot of shit but there's like speciality places now where they actually care you know like actually try um and i'm not i like i don't want to look at anyone's yum like if you like drinking whatever starbucks fire ahead but yeah i wonder i wonder why i'd love to find out why but uh, god i probably just can't be bothered and uh, what's your home setup like? <laughs> uh, i've got a like a sort of junior uh commercial um machine uh, oh and a decent grinder and uh yeah it's uh it's the, the grinder's gone around the sun about three times like clocked out it's ten thousand uh ten thousand shots <laughs> we've wow. done well with yeah and what did you is that like uh did you buy that first hand or is it like uh did you take it off someone who was who had a shop or how, where did you get the machine i no, i i bought it um i bought it first hand. yeah it's a, so it's a it's a home setup but just like like yes um but i uh, got all the bells and whistles i suppose i have actually when i owned my gym i had a full on commercial machine for a while which was the stupidest thing i ever did because you know the amount of time it took to warm up and it was temperamental and um the, the maintenance uh but at, at the time i got it second hand i thought oh my god this will be amazing yeah and um yeah absolute time you know and a client would ask for a coffee and then what am i expecting the coaches to go and make the coffee um yeah didn't quite work out the dream but now that i've got the home set up and that was of course uh, we didn't realize a couple of years out but then when uh lockdown happened I realized how spoiled I was being able to access it. Whereas everyone else was suddenly, you know, living off Makona um, or, um, or, you know, horrible Nespresso pods or something. Um, yeah. I was still able to make the good stuff. Um, are you, are, is it you that's behind that body mechanics, uh, podcast or is that a different Darren Ellis? It must be. I'm not even aware of, of that podcast, but no, that's not me. God, it's so weird. I like the I was name like, of it, though. Yeah, and like I was convinced it was you. If you search you, I can't find it anywhere apart from on iTunes. But if you search, because usually oh, when I'm bringing someone wait on, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is it just a couple of? There's like twelve episodes, and it's definitely someone from New Zealand. <laughs> human mechanics. Hu- sorry, human mechanics. Yes, that is me. <laughs> that was sorry I, and i should have i should have clicked but that was uh a wee while ago and it was just such a, a fleeting, yeah it was like 2019 or 2018 it was a fleeting effort yeah was, i mean trying to jump on the bandwagon um yeah i mean it was it's it's tough eh? i mean i don't i don't want to didn't want to be one of those guys who's telling someone who's crushing the podcast well you know i really i want to do a podcast like probably like people telling authors you know oh yeah i i wouldn't mind writing a book uh it's just hard yeah. um, i think well i think i think cr- crushing is relative um but i think it's funny that you say that because you see i kind of i was like it definitely is him because 
I thought it was like, so human mechanics, I was thinking of like body mechanics, but then there's a line in the first episode isn't there for some reason, but the second episode, which I thought was the first one says, this is the second episode of, and I was like, oh fuck, I've missed. Because I was like, the first one surely says who it is, and that would confirm my theory that it was you. But it was like, you know, oh, you know, welcome to episode two. And someone's being cuddled by a dog or something yeah, at the start. Yeah. But it's hard it's hard to visualize it. Um, but yeah, then there's a line where I don't know if it's you or someone else says, uh, working title is human mechanics, which is what we see ourselves as. And I was like, Oh, that's so clever. Cause I was thinking like body mechanics as in how the body works, but you were like human mechanics as in we work as mechanics on humans. And I was like, Oh, that's very clever. That's very clever. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so one another another so thing yeah, you say yeah, never, in this, never got cracking. And another thing you say in the start of that is we're on episode. There's a, I think there's a direct quote. We're on episode two. We're on a roll. This is two weeks in a row. I can already <laughs> see the two year mark coming. So it's funny that you say that you ran around with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've since tried um, another one. Um, this another venture I've, I've got with a with a, uh, another colleague, and um, I think we've managed about seven. Um, and then we started having technical difficulties with guests and um, it just, it just blew us, blew us off, off the, off that role once again. Hmm. Um, I think that like it's, it, so yeah, just from my own experience, I just think doing it on your own is so much easier. Like it's harder as in there's a lot more work to it, but if you're doing an episode on your own, you don't have scheduled anyone. Yeah. If you're doing an episode with one person, you have to schedule one person. Whereas like I've done interviews with say teams of four who are heading to semifinals now. And it's like, you know, you, you, I, I, from my end, it's just a frustrating wait, but I'm sure on their end, there's like yeah. four people, oh, I can't do Wednesday and I can only do whatever. And then that's yeah. coming back to me. So like when you're scheduling more people, it's like, oh, fucking hell, forget it. Um, yeah, that's true. Even just now, right? Like this, this reschedule we did, like you couldn't have done that if you had a, a colleague maybe yeah. uh, tuning in, tuning in from somewhere else. Yeah, So that's yeah, true. I get that. Um, you're, it, so it seemed like, um, it was like very conversational as in it's, it sounded almost like a round table. Like there was a few of you involved. Is that, was that the, um, was that say your preferred uh, idea? Was that you guys were talking and it was like, we might as well record this and get down our thoughts. It was pretty much exactly it. Um, both, both those guys, uh, were coaches of mine. Uh, and, and one of them was also the physio, uh, who worked out of, out of our facility. And uh, yeah, sometimes we'd be chatting and we'd just laugh and go, man, we should have had a, we should have had a microphone going. We sounded really smart. Um, that, that was some stuff that could have helped some people. Um, and then we were like, well, shit, we actually better, we should just follow through on this. Um, did you enjoy so, doing it? But yeah, too sporadic. Oh, I did. I mean, I, I love the, I love the conversation. Uh, and and always have about anything I'm interested in. You know, I can talk for hours about it and just uh, delving into the nitty gritty, um, which is funny actually when you think about it because I'm constantly telling people to simplify things and not get bogged down in that stuff. But uh, I guess uh, when it's your your career, uh, you, know, you you have the luxury of occasionally you know just getting right into the weeds. Yeah. Um, well, it's a privilege as well to be able to do it, be like as in to be able to know what's like what's simple or what's the basics because you know you can see the whole you can see the whole jigsaw and you're able to tell a person what one person what piece they're missing because you can see everything else because you know like well not everything yeah. but you know you know a lot of what's out there i guess sometimes i find that works against me though because i almost forget 
I forget what I know. And, and there's some things that would be so beautifully simple to pass on to someone. And I've almost forgotten that that piece existed because it was so simple to me. Yeah. Um, What's that? Curse knowledge. Yeah, formulating it into it. Maybe it sounds like I'm up my own ass, but a little bit. But uh, well, I think um, curse curse of knowledge I, is like when you're like say me toilet training my child, and I'm like you just pee. Do you know like because for like I've done it for thirty whatever years. So to me, it's like you just take a piss. Whereas like you're, you're you just pee. Whereas like there is like systems involved that you need to train. It's a real process, yeah. Yeah, like it's like I remember. My wife was like, God, it's frustrating like that she won't, you know, like that she doesn't know she needs to go or that she doesn't go to the toilet when she needs to go. And I was like, I remember during lockdown, we had a workout from our gym and it was to run, uh, run for 10 minutes, turn and come back, but only breathe through your nose. And I was like, that is one of the hardest mm-hmm. things I've ever done. And like, it was difficult mm-hmm. because my nose is just a piece of shit. So it just like, it was hard to do, but also like constantly reminding myself, don't open your mouth. Like, you know, just breathe through your yeah. nose. I was like, yeah. you really, really have to think about it. So I was like, anytime you see her struggling with it, just remember how hard it was to do that. Like just breathing through your nose. Cause like, you know, we're That's mouth fine. breathers. Yeah, we've done that. Uh, I used to do it as a, as a particular test at uh, gym. Uh, and it was, we called it the Apache mile, um, which I'd, I'd read about this like test of manhood that the Apache Indian tribe did where they, they would go all day. They they would walk for a day with a mouthful of water, and they had to spit it out at the end to prove that they still had retained it. So that's what that's what we would do. You'd take a sip of water, and then off you went. And so the goal was to complete the mile as fast as you could uh, without uh, losing that that mouthful of water, and thus it proved that you hadn't taken a breath of air either. You couldn't you couldn't pull a sneaky one. Not that it you know. Not that uh, I was thinking anyone was going to cheat per se, but um, it really made you think about it. Um, yeah, it's more. Yeah, it was, um... it was interesting to see a couple of people starting to race. <laughs> and actually, I, I I did do it. I ended up doing it as a one of our. We had a local comp, and I did it. I think it was an eight hundred meter. And yeah, people started you know picking up the pace, racing, racing, racing. Next thing, the water sprays <laughs> everywhere. There's a guy like red lines, yeah, can't stay aerobic and just chokes on the water. That's funny. That's funny. Um, yeah, I'm imagining walking for a day because not only are you not breathing, but you're also resist- resisting the urge when you get thirsty to just swallow like whatever's in your mouth. To swallow it. Yeah, yeah. Heck of a test. So this was like the the teens, the rite of passage thing to become a man, and um, they would they would do this uh, Apache. Yeah, well, it was a mile for us, but they went they went all day. Yeah, that's um, crazy. Pretty cool. Um, so I was I was reading a bit about you. Um, your so on your website, you have like an about uh, section and it's like a blog post, I think, or an article or something that you wrote. Um, and it's saying about how you never wanted to own a business um, growing up. And you also said you never wanted to have a child. There's a trend emerging with you yeah. of, like not wanting to do things and then do oh, it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a stubborn bastard, yeah. Um, <laughs> but as I well, say, yeah, always open to change. It says... Um, it says in it though that you you kind of uh i suppose funded your early life through like just kind of shit jobs just like you know menial tasks and you know minimum wage kind of stuff um mm-hmm. and then you kind of 
got injured was it and you you rehabilitated an injury and we're like fuck i could help other people like this is that a fair kind of summary yeah essentially um it's funny as a story i often tell is uh, the the future was probably in the stars because i effectively flunked high school but i got first place honors for physical education class um the theory of it i actually wasn't that much of an athlete but the, the you know the theoretical study of of pe uh i got the first place honors and i failed everything everything else so um yeah straight into dead end job out of school because i had no no university entrance and then took it overseas and continued to do dead end jobs uh but uh yeah uh, rehabbing that shoulder was suddenly the sort of uh yeah real sea change and it happened right around the kind of quarter life crisis 25 years old you know um and uh so came back came back from overseas and um enrolled in university and uh yeah pretty much the rest is history and what like were your parents active like were you sporty growing up as well do you think uh raised on a farm so always out and about but um, i actually think i had one of those genes that was resistance resistant to activity and i'd rather lie on the on the couch and read a book uh and it was always hard to get me outside to do stuff but um i think just being a child of the 70s and 80s you know you just you naturally were active it's hard to avoid mm. it you know school was a lot more physical um if you wanted to have friends you were playing rugby or or soccer or something at lunchtime um do you want to go anywhere you had to get on your bike and ride there and i you know i lived in the country and I had to ride into town um uh and um, that was just the way it was so you know yeah there was there was no way to avoid activity um, um but as i said earlier i wasn't i wasn't really naturally sporty or athletic um but um yeah always moved uh, so that really helped um my dad was into marathons um but uh but that was really it um, god that's so interesting my dad's a farmer and i cannot for a fucking second imagine him saying i'm off to do a marathon that's funny um <laughs> have you have you uh like what was your parents reaction then to say stopping high school or finishing high school and going to like menial jobs and going traveling with that as the plan were they like supportive of that or worried or yeah they've always been very supportive um and very much i think of a mind of he'll figure it out um yeah. Yeah, certainly not. They weren't overbearing or, or trying to pressure me into anything. You know, my mother would certainly be the one that hounded me to do my homework, um, which I, uh, sorry, mum didn't do anyway. But uh, yeah, they always they were always very supportive, and it's it's a real tradition in New Zealand and Australia to to go overseas um, in your twenties. Mm -hmm. But I know that they probably didn't think I was going to be away for very long, and after uh, about three years, they finally came over to visit me in London um yeah i went a stint like traveling through africa where they didn't even hear from me for like four or five months um like you couldn't you know you couldn't just get on the phone and, yeah. and ring up back then either so um, i was sending postcards um that often just you know didn't even ever arrive and what so, uh, yeah. when, when the shoulder injury happened and fixing it up and stuff was it just like was there a eureka moment with it or was it more a case of like a slow burn of kind of realization with oh maybe this is what i'm supposed to do it was it was somewhat eureka like yeah um i had actually 
I'd actually heard it uh, before I went overseas. Um, doing bench press, typical teenager, uh, bench press every day, and um, yeah, I wanted those twenty kilo plates. I was a tiny, I was a tiny little guy. I was sixty kilo bench press was the dream, and uh, hurt my shoulder, and it just got worse and worse, and um, eventually stopped really using that left arm i was like al bundy with like he'd just tuck his hand in his pants and i just would just not use that arm it was probably painful for two years straight and then it was fairly painful for a few more years after that so when i got it rehabbed and really all it was again it's so simple right i could i was in one place for long enough that i did something consistent uh the person i was working with uh was very functional in their approach and um yeah, it started coming right. And I just went, wow, this is, this is epic. And so actually I started thinking about becoming a physio um, in the first instance. And then when I did some research around what was available at home and I saw that, well, I could do a degree in sports science first. And then if I wanted to become a physio, I could do a, a year or two more. And so I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll go broad, cover my bases. Cause I'm not hundred percent sure of, you know, my direction yet. So I'll just do this broad degree. Um, and see what happens and uh yeah and as i got further into it i started realizing i was more interested in sort of like the the coaching side of it more more so than the rehab even though i guess what i do now has an element of of rehab to it you know like so many exercise programs right yeah where did crossfit enter the the realm i saw a fucking hilarious picture of you um at the what do you call them sectionals with a, a gas mask or a firefighter's mask on one of the workouts <laughs> and i was just like my god yeah. we have come a long way from from what it started we have out come as. a long way um so that was actually that was at my the first location of my gym so you know the for those who are listening and new to the open uh sectionals was was the first thing that happened before they came up with the open where it was like a mini regionals um so there were more of those and we hosted the new zealand uh plus the state of the australian states of victoria and tasmania that was one section uh and all the aussies were pissed because they had to come to new zealand where there was about two gyms um, that's just who you know i just i just knew the guy that was organizing it and he was like hey you guys want to host it um and then because i was competing uh my business partner at the time uh she created the workouts and i had to um stay you know uh, away from it all uh, funny actually just reminded me one day i actually sat down at her open laptop which had the workouts on it but i was looking at the tv and uh she came running over and slammed the thing shut and said did, did you see and i actually hadn't seen what they were but I, we were you know we wanted to be very uh very ethical about it because mm. uh, at the time i was kind of good at the stuff because no one else did it right uh, but yeah, that was one of the workouts that that was designed was through a friend who was in the fire brigade. He said, "I've got these kaisers that you can whack with a sledgehammer and drag these dummies and pull the hoses, and I oh, will put a mask on and make it really authentic." Um, yeah, we didn't know we didn't know what we we're doing. It was bloody hard, like the adding that extra bit of um, pressure and and claustrophobia. Um, but yeah, not really not really a test of fitness per se. Um, uh, well, the workout was pretty tough. Um, very. It was like a little mini Fran, like sprints up and down with the dummy and dragging hoses and whacking this Kaiser. But uh, um, yeah, they've done well. They've, we they've tried dummies sure. at the game since they did that, like 2016 or 2017, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the um, the Kaiser, the Kaiser's been there twice. Um, and it was funny because I was 
go do some work with the training plan with uh, with the army and the the Euro crew. And uh, I was over at uh, Madison in 2017 helping out, and they announced that they hidden Kaisers, and I said yes, um, I've got this. Like I've I've been a volunteer firefighter. Um, I've I've used these in competition before. I know the technique because there is a real technique to it. Showed all the all the um, training plan crew. This is how you do it, and they go out there, and everyone just starts whacking and hooking it and dragging it, um, and they didn't get penalised for it. I mean, subsequent heats, Castro comes yeah. out and tells everyone they can't do it. But the first few heats, everyone's just dragging this thing. Yeah, I remember. Didn't um, so, someone yeah. have? Didn't someone's hammer get bent? from like the like they were hitting it with oh, the probably. bar bit and dragging it with the with head the so their hammer yeah. was at like a, yeah. a 45 degree angle yeah. at the end yeah that's funny yeah um, I, mean, I think that proves right like you get too you get too complicated with some of these events uh there's always and it's something i think i found and maybe you have too if you organize many like community events uh, and and you're just sort of doing things for fun someone always figures out the loophole yeah they always figure out the shortcut and you've like looked at all of different angles and like, oh yeah, this would be, this would be great. And then someone comes up with the fifth thing that you didn't think of um, and ruins it. <laughs> and that's um, yeah, stuff, stuff like the Kaiser and then it gets too tricky and it's just always the way through. You mentioned your uh, business part. Is that, is it, did you and Taz Barber open that gym together or am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, that's okay, right. Yeah. yeah. Because I knew, because I had Pat on the show before and he was like, oh, my wife opened the oh, first yeah. gym in New Zealand. And then I was reading yeah. your thing. It was like, first gym in New Zealand. And I was like, either they were business partners or they're arch rivals who both claim to have the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Within within seconds of each other. No, no, we opened that one together. Um, and what would have been? Probably three or four, maybe four, maybe in five years um and then yeah she decided she wanted to move to america so i bought her out and carried on it turned out all right for for both of you by the next things um yeah and that was so was like when you opened that gym first um sorry i assume you found crossfit the same way everyone did of just like someone said it or you heard about it somewhere and then dot com were doing it and then started involving other people yeah, yeah. boot camp style or whatever and exactly exactly yeah. yeah i actually ran a boot camp and so i was just always looking for you know new inspiration for workouts and um yeah, yeah stumbled across that first time thought it was a bit silly and i looked again thought actually no there's something to it and yeah within i would say within three months of starting to do the workouts um i'd opened i'd opened the facility that's cool we'd open the facility um and do you remember like because if you if you did like sports science and if you did if you're always kind of adept at studying sport i suppose or studying like physical education and stuff can you remember doing your level one like were you like oh fuck this is like you know aligns perfectly with everything i've been thinking or was it eye-opening was it things you hadn't thought about or can you remember doing it it was pretty eye-opening and uh funny story the back in those days being an international affiliate you didn't even need a level one to open oh, uh, you just had to pro promise it wasn't available yeah so you just had to promise that you were going to try to get it done as you know as soon as uh, was convenient um so that's certainly you know if you've got to admit that lay the groundwork for potential cowboys yeah um more so than than um, was was possible even with the weekend course but uh i certainly was keen as to get it done as soon as possible and yeah the first one came to australia um ran by glassman uh castro was there uh, nicole carroll um 
so it was you know it was a, it was a who's who putting it on so it was a pretty cool level one to be at and yeah definitely definitely blew my mind uh some of the concepts um it's funny though you yeah no one had ever talked about that sort of stuff and i always i realized that what i was had learned was was very was very theoretical um and this this had a much more practical application um jumping ahead though i've you know since found a happy medium between the two i think um there's there's gaps in any any kind of system i suppose you could say and i i certainly feel that people who have who have many people who have only educated themselves through the crossfit sphere are, are, are missing sort of a certain background and just classic basic strength and conditioning principles and then those who are coming in with just the strength and conditioning sort of background were very arrogant about what they thought they knew and were very resistant to what CrossFit had to offer, you know? So we got, once we got the two to play nice, I think we was, we started to get somewhere. Yeah. Cause we had like, I know one of my friends, um, does, does CrossFit. He's always done CrossFit like most recently, I suppose. And, um, I remember we were talking about that. We were talking about kind of, you know, cowboys and, you know, like how some, you know, there's different level, like just because it's a CrossFit gym doesn't mean it's a good CrossFit gym, like that there's different grades of everything or whatever. And we were kind of talking about the methodology and that kind of stuff. And he was like, he basically kind of said, like, you, you can't really talk about it until you've gone around different places. He was like, you don't know how spoiled you are with the coaching at your gym. Like, cause say Joe that owns our gym, yeah. he did like four years or whatever, strength and conditioning. And then did CrossFit and it was a strength and conditioning gym that started doing CrossFit and you know that kind of way like so it is it, we very much follow like you know you do your strength you do your like sets of 12 10 8 for x amount of weeks and then you move on to your 10s and your fives and your whatever like um so yeah it's very structured and very like you know there's a lot of accessory work and all that kind of stuff and you know his, his point was like you can't say oh CrossFit is brilliant it's really good because like he was like what you're doing although called CrossFit, there's a lot more to it. Like there's a, there's a big foundation of strength and conditioning there as well as that, like, you know, so yeah, I think, you know, the, the, the marriage of both is, is something that's maybe needed more often, I think. Yeah. There's a lot. It's funny. I, I, I listen to podcasts and hear people sort of debating, uh, what CrossFit really is, you know, this is CrossFit, that's not CrossFit. Um, and the the argument that that does make me laugh is um well if you look at dot com and and everything sort of you know uh, rises and falls based on that being the the holy grail of what crossfit programming is um and that i you know i'm not going to speak for uh glassman but that's that's just an example of of what crossfit programming could be Hmm. um and uh they experiment you know they give they used to have different people program and they would just try stuff out like i'm gonna see what happens if i you know, put more running in or if we do squatting three times in a row or if we do these really high volume things or if we do this very minimalist stuff and um it would go through phases um but saying that that dot-com programming is a holy grail let, let alone just the fact that three-on-one off is not possible for for many people who are trying to you know pursue fitness recreationally um uh, but yeah i always i would always come back to the 
the statement about uh, within that hour, you know, you can practice some skills, do some sort of strength movement, and then um, perform some kind of conditioning. Um, mm. That that's that's the the sort of the beacon that I've I've followed um, for the most part for many years, and I felt that it was the easiest way to get the most bang for buck for the most people from the broadest demographic. Mm. Um, you mentioned the training plan and uh, Yami, how, how did that come about? Um, one of those random sort of uh, links and connections, but uh, one of the first people that I roped into doing CrossFit workouts with me, um, it was during my master's degree, she was, she was in the same program and, and trained at the gym that I worked at. It was a university gym that I was working at. And um, so I, I roped her into uh, doing some of these workouts with me. And then uh, years later, she was in the UK and she was doing some admin work for Yami and uh, the training plan was growing and he was looking for some help and she dropped my name. And so we'd never met. We got, we got on a phone call um, uh, online and uh, yes, that was it. Um, Met the next year when I was over at uh, the games competing 2015, Um, we finally met in person Um, and it's been a wonderful relationship ever since. Wow, so you're... Um, my role is kind of... It's eight years now, is it then? Go ahead. Yeah. Eight or nine, 2014. Uh, six, seven, eight. Eight years, yeah. Yeah. And you're, so, so you're, you're um, predominantly master's the... coaching now, is it? No. Uh, I guess more, I've like sort of... It started out mostly I was sort of involved in the nutrition side of things. Okay. Um and uh, i'll sort of a bit of that but i'm probably like sort of like the warm-up and and recovery guy um and uh, i'll do i'll do a bit of programming yeah age group athletes and things like that okay and you and you have your own clients then as well like you've your own you you know you're your own entity separate to that too yeah so uh like uh so many the 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 fun of the last couple of years um, led me to realize that uh, owning a brick and mortar uh, business was not as practical as uh, as it could be. Um, so uh, closed it down last October um, and uh, moved to the coast and uh, got near got near some of some of our family, which was really cool. And uh, yeah, running everything online now. And did you did you close it down oh, okay. or did you sell it? Closed it. Yeah, we were in the middle of we were in the middle of a long lockdown, so uh, it wasn't really a sellable asset at the time. Yeah, uh, but it actually it worked out well. Um, it actually worked out really well, just timing wise. Uh, without going into too much detail, uh, uh, commercial property was was uh, you know going for, going for big money, and, and my landlord sold, and then I was able to actually sell my lease. I had a very long lease, so I was able to actually cash out of the lease. Um, and then equipment was also at a premium. So I was able to sell that really, really good rate. Um, yeah. probably got more than I would have if I'd sold the business. And was there any, like, was it difficult? Um, you know, did you have to mourn it a bit? Did you have to, or was the lockdown kind of the ideal preparation for like, you were just kind of ready by the time it came around? Uh, it's a great question. And it's interesting to compare Like for, for us. I feel like it's about two years of lockdown, like officially with, you know, we're still wearing masks and things like that. But uh, as far as 
I'm concerned it was kind of like two years, you know, 2020, 2021, um, with 2021 being the sort of unexpected and yeah. harder lockdown. Uh, during 2020, though, it was uh, come at me. Like, we got this, um, and, you know, diving into the Zoom classes and all these extra resources putting on for the for the clients. And I was I almost felt in my element, you know. It was this, this challenge, this, this thing to overcome. And I was so excited to tackle it, and uh, yeah, just it just it was it was almost a cool, a really cool time. Um, and you know, I, the members were so supportive, and that was wonderful to see. And, and we just really made some cool things happen. And then getting everyone back was was amazing. Uh, but then we got this this next lockdown, and yeah, just it just felt different, um, you know it's made you realize right what, what how long is this going to go on for and i was just it was like that i i have to admit uh, i was just over it um this is really the third lockdown we would call it we had sort of one big one the first one then there was a second one um early 2021 and then the third one was a quite a long one and yeah i was just done so yeah started thinking about how i could get out but it was really it was planning sort of like within the next year or two i want to be out of this um, and then, yeah, circumstances came around that just made it possible to kind of ha make it happen a lot faster. And um, I decided over the weekend, pretty much once the once the chance was there, um, it was pretty much okay. Boom! Monday, email sent to well, I talked to my staff first, but then email to email to the clients. We're 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 wrapping it up. Um, and yeah, so it happened very quickly. Once once the opportunity was there, it, it wrapped up very quickly. And yeah. Uh, there was no morning to to your your point um, because I was yeah I was I was excited again to move on to the next thing. Yeah, that's fifteen think, years almost. Fifteen years of it um, is just you know time for a new chapter. Yeah, I think it, like what you're saying will resonate with a lot of people as well because I know even here we had it wasn't as extreme like they weren't as long but we had quite a long lockdown and then we started coming out of it and it was like um you know like people coming out of caves it was like it was just this thing of yeah. like oh wow like hey it's you i haven't seen you in a while or whatever and the same first lockdown like even thinking of myself not as a coach or a business owner or anything but like i was all on for zoom and i was all for like yeah let's do classes and this is great and let's like i think it was that that lockdown was kind of easter into summer so the weather was quite good here so it would have been like your yeah. way to say but like we had an assault yeah. bike. It was outside, you know, like the, our daughter was playing outside and we could all be outside together or whatever. And then second lockdown came and it was just miserable and shit. And it was just like, Zoom can go fuck yeah. itself. I'd rather get fat than train. And I'd rather not, you know, I don't want to have to yeah. support pe other people anymore. I can barely support myself. And then I think, you know, flipping that to the, to the, to the coaches or the, or the gym owners, I think it was just like, it took so much to lift it to a certain level and like to pretend that it was great and to make it great that to have to, to the yeah. realization, like you say, of like, I know everything we went through the last time and we have to go through all that again. And it could be for just as long. I think that just crushed people. Yeah. Well, we were working twice as hard for half as much because mm. you know? while we had really good retention, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people went on hold and they had, you know, we had members losing their jobs, jobs that had for 10 years. Mm. um you know and and on the back of you know just bought a house kind of thing lose their job um things like that some some pretty tough times for people so of course we lost lost members um 
and yeah, and yet we were working yeah twice as hard just to sort of keep the ones we had. So it was it was tough to to double down on that the, the next time around and then the next time around after that. Um, what I really found, and this is what sort of spurred it, you know, as I was uh, exploring how we could keep this thing going, and was just that it was yeah. There's there's a lot of people I realized were turning up to the gym and they weren't actually. They weren't actually making progress, right? They were, they were coming just for the community. Um, and I know this is something that's discussed a lot these days in, in, in different areas is um, it's all about the community, but <laughs> then no one actually joined for that, right? They came to get fit. And uh, so that was what led me also to think, you know, if I, I I've been trying to, been trying to impose my i guess philosophies and ideas on on people and some are receptive and some aren't that's the way it is in, a, in any large group but uh if i'm just doing it myself and i'm sort of having clients come to me you know remote coaching then i'm only getting the ones who uh, resonate with what i'm trying to teach um, and it just and that's you know uh, to any of my clients who are listening no no offense meant you know, everyone wants what they want from their fitness solution, right? We've got all flavors. That's the beauty of it. Um, but trying to provide effectively one flavor to a lot of people is never going to happen. Um, uh, not, not for, not forever. Like it's, there's always people on the outskirts, right? You've got that core group. They're loving it. And there's some who's not quite connecting. And then there's some who are like, we want something else. <clears throat> so to be able to do that and just only have clients who who are picking up what I'm putting down, uh, it's it's quite a different ball game. Mm. Um, so that's been really fantastic for me um, on a personal level. Yeah, I was actually thinking. Really. I was th I was thinking about it earlier on, and there's there's actually like a life cycle of a say your average CrossFitter, CrossFit gym goer, of like you kind of discover it and you're like, it's new and you're giddy and you're like, look at all this shit I have to learn. And like, you're kind of daunted by it, but excited by it and you get into it or whatever. And then you have like this determined phase where you're like, Oh, I'm going to be like the best. And I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to, I like every workout is a competition and it's like, you know, you're either against yeah. yourself or someone else in the same class or whatever. And then you have this like distracted phase where like maybe you have kids or you change job or whatever and you still try and go but it's not the same and you're kind of losing touch a bit and you're losing a bit of fitness maybe because you're you know you have other commitments or whatever and then you have this like frustrated phase where you're like begrudging the fact that you're losing <laughs> a bit of fitness because you can't keep up and you're begrudging the fact yeah. that things are moving on or whatever and then then you enter this like kind of lifelong phase i think which you kind of go for longevity and you go it's not a competition anymore but you're you're trying to be your best or whatever but you're not like well three years ago i did this workout and i got whatever it's just like your best for that day and that's you're then into this lifelong phase of you're not doing double yeah. sessions or you're not doing like you know competitive classes or you know like extra coaching or whatever you're just like i have an hour i can use that hour i can get better in that hour or whatever but i think some people get to that stage almost immediately like they go through the cycle in maybe a month and others it takes five years others it takes 15 years so yeah, yeah i think it's interesting well some don't at all uh peter that's the thing right like you you described it so perfectly the the thing is though that's that's just a life cycle that's available <laughs> but so many people 
don't don't see it or they refuse to see it and they just they just struggle in like turn around in circles in that sort of mid mid area um, and yeah that's i mean that's pretty much all the clients i'm getting there is is the ones that have finally realized that they have been uh, pushing shit uphill trying to juggle new kids or a changing career or a, um, a longer commute than they used to have um, or whatever it is and uh, they went through a phase of being pissed at the fact that they can't be as as fit as they were or can't train the same way that they used to and uh, it's a bit of like sort of that cutting your nose off to spite your face the, the number of people i saw who just quit like exercise altogether because they couldn't and I, I did a post recently about all or nothing right like people when people tell me they're all or nothing they they're generally nothing like there's no all i don't know many all people oh, i'm a real i'm a real all, all or nothing guy yeah so nothing right <laughs> you've never had you've never had it all um it doesn't work and the the people when they had it all and then suddenly it got a bit difficult they just went straight to nothing um not realizing that something was actually really good right something's a pretty freaking good trade-off when you got kids and a busy stressful job and you know trying to support a family and and you and you're busy um something's awesome and it's just a life cycle as well like you the words you used the conversation I have with so many people is like, this is just a small drop in the bucket. This, this time you're so pissed about it. What did you think was going to happen when you had kids for a start? But, but also those kids will get older and then you, maybe you can come back to the gym if you want and spend more time there. Uh, but just quitting, if you just quit, you're not coming back. You'll, you'll, you, this will be it for fitness. You know, you'll never do it again. Probably uh, you've got to find a way to compromise and be okay with, the current life situation that you're in and maybe yeah, you've gone from 10 sessions a week now you're gonna to have to do three um, but if you can keep those three up maybe someday you know you'll get through and you'll be your 40s or 50s and you'll you'll find your way back to a gym again or um, discover a new sport or something but um, you've got to keep something going and it's just a it's just these ebbs and flows of of life i'm getting a bit too philosophical now no i like it it's I something like it. i saw you know t time and time again people were just throw their toys out of the cot because life had changed even though they you know they were the ones who were having the kids they were the ones who were um, taking on a a, 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 a very time-consuming job or, or moving further away from the gym or or whatever um, it's, it's actually classic like since we I, I've moved within th I'm a three-minute walk from the local CrossFit affiliate um, and I, I haven't been able to train there just the, the timing with, with this, with my young daughter and, and, you know, wanting to make sure that my wife can do the things she wants to do as well. Uh, I've just, I've joined a local 24 seven gym. It's, it's the only way to ensure that I can get a workout because if I have to meet a class schedule, I can't do mm. it. Um, sometimes it's only 30 minutes difference, you know, like if it was just 30 minutes earlier or later, I could make it, but right now it's not going to happen. So do I just not, not train? No, I've got to find more find more way to enjoy um, doing leg presses and and cable crossovers, and sometimes I go out in the garage and swing a kettlebell around and you know do something a bit more more functional. Um, and it's actually great; it's a nice change. Mm -hmm. But if I just got shitty about it and be like, "Oh well, I can't I can't go to CrossFit. That sucks," uh, you know, that wouldn't have been wouldn't have been a good outcome. So I'm doing what I can now, and yeah, one day I I do hope that I can still find a gym to join again that has that community aspect because I enjoy that. 
Um, and heck, I've never actually been a member of a CrossFit gym. I've always, I've only ever been an owner of one. So um, that's almost the negative of being an early adopter. I never got to kind of come up through that thing of being a member and seeing how amazing it was and then, then perhaps start coaching and then decide I wanted to open my own. Um, just went straight to the owner side of things. So just being a, being a member, that would be cool. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, not going to happen uh, anytime soon. One day, perhaps that'll be, that'll be really awesome. So, um, you know, to sort of condense that rant, that's the thing is like, things will always change. And if you are only motivated by having other people around, that's a problem. If you're only motivated by racing the clock, that's a problem. Um, if you're only motivated by being able to PR all the time, that's a problem because at some point those things won't be able to happen. And then what do you do? give up fitness um, and then i haven't even talked about getting old that's <laughs> so that's always an issue as well um yeah no it's like i think there is just a thing of and it you know some people realize it straight away and some people it takes a little time i think it took me a little bit of time of like realizing that you just have to keep your head down and keep macheting and hopefully you'll just come into a clearing then in a few years and like i think i had it the other day where like things are fucking intense now with the kids like with everything going on but i i'm living in the like i'm enjoying what's happening and everything and i'm not like wishing the time away or i'm not you know like anything like that mm -hmm. but like you know I, my wife was talking to me about like oh would you ever go for a principal job like in a school or you know she's like oh i'll probably mess with your podcast though like you know the timing and stuff and i was like well look i'm like who knows i'm going to be doing this forever it might not last forever like you know yeah yeah. next month they could start charging people to upload podcasts and i can't afford it anymore or they could start you know like anything could happen or people could just lose interest or some amazing show could come on and just mop everything up and leave nothing for the rest of us um savannah yeah. but i was like you know like that's <laughs> i was like that's just that's just life and like you know that might happen and i was like then i was like but the, the flip side of that is in in three years time our kids will both be in primary school or elementary school or whatever and i was like we will have a lot more time because it's a lot easier to entertain a five and four year old than it is to entertain a two and an eight month yeah, old is yeah. a fucking nightmare. But I was like, the older they get, the easier they are to entertain and they'll entertain each other and stuff. And I, I think that was, I needed, I said out loud mainly for myself because there have been days recently where I've been like, what's the fucking point? Like, do you know, where it's just, I'm getting up at, you know, six o'clock in the morning, the monitor goes and you're like, great. So my hour that I had to train is now, like 15 minutes and i'm gonna to have to just cram something into 15 minutes to try and get it done in time um but yeah i think saying that out loud i was kind of like oh it actually you know you just keep macheting and then eventually you'll come into a clearing and it'll be like cool i made my path and now i'm here and it's great um yeah. you mentioned another thing there of um you know your why um and, and your goals and I, I read a post recently that you put up where i think it was a picture of you at the games um I'm not sure what year, um, but it basically said that you have this, people might have this misunderstanding of you that you're anti, anti competition or anti, you know, competitive CrossFit and that it couldn't be further from the truth. And I think you said something along the lines of, you know, that if you if your goals don't line up with what you're doing or why you're doing it, that you're, you're just, it's a recipe for disaster. Um, when you say that, is that like what you're talking about there of like, I'm only training because there's other people around me or I'm only training because I can hit a PR or whatever, that kind of thing. Is that what you meant? 
Oh, no, not so much. I, I mean, there's, there's some relationship there, but it's it was just that post, I guess, was really trying to talk to the people who were chasing that that high-end competition. Well, well, actually, let's say competition full stop, sure. When that never was what brought them into it and maybe it's not what's serving them and that's you know that's perhaps me as a fitness coach now taking a big leap you know getting into some of the psychology of things and and seeing this person and their lifestyle and and uh what else they've got to deal with or or the other things that maybe could be a could be better goals for their long-term health um and instead seeing them chasing uh, competition as a road to it and i think i'm not I'm certainly not going to throw CrossFit under the bus for this. Like, I think it's always been an issue. I, I see how many people sign up for marathons and like, if you were to get them in a, in a, like, like get them some sort of anonymous survey thing going around and asking people, why are you really doing this? They're doing it to lose weight. They're hoping that the 12 week program that they have signed that, you know, got on to, to, to run this marathon is going to result in them being being leaner at the other end of it. I guaranteed it. Uh, so many people would be doing it. And then this, the same things happen, right? They're joining the gym. It's an obvious one. They want to be fitter. And then, and I've, I've spoken to them about it as well. Hey, guys, here's a great thing. You don't have to worry about that. We're going to focus on performance. And that's way more fulfilling because as a side effect, yeah, you'll, you'll get leaner and, and, you know, improve your health markers and things like that. But we're just going to worry about performance. None of this obsessing about how you look, body image and stuff like that. But the fact is right. That being leaner and, and being confident in your own body, that's a real thing. And it's a tough one to circle around because we know there's a lot of toxic issues around um, how you look um, and, and the pursuit of that at, at all costs. We know that's a problem. Um, and it, it's just taken a few years for us to realize that the pursuit of performance at all cost um, is also a problem. Um, if you're all in as an athlete, right, and um, and it's your thing, this is the the the, the um, sort of razor's edge. You have to commit. You have to go if you want to be the best in the world. And you want to be Matt Fraser. You got to live in your parents' basement and do nothing but train. You know, I think he's such a great example because he's got, you know, besides some sponsorship, he had no businesses, no products, no nothing. He was just, you know, uh, I'm going to win the games. And as soon as he retires, boom, here's a supplement company, here's my programming thing, here's this, here's that. Um, there was no room for anything else. Mm. Uh, and um, that's the kind of commitment you make to be the best. And then there's some sort of spectrum all the way down where, sure, you maybe don't have to be that focused to be national champion or best in your gym but there must be some other sacrifices that are going on including some health aspects of it potentially whether that's as simple as you know risking acute injury with you know too much overhead work or whatever uh to some sort of more you know long-term chronic fatigue or just not spending enough time with your family or not having other pursuits or or anything like that or even just again the the <laughs> well Leaderboarding, right? That's a classic example. Like, how many people have you, as a coach, had to talk off the ledge because they have um, they checked on Monday and they were like ten thousandths in, in Ireland, and then they checked on Tuesday and they'd slipped to ten thousand and four four hundred. 
um, and their life's over and they want to redo there's, a, there's an hour before final submissions and they want to redo it to see if they can get back into sub 10,000 place and you're like what? what what's the point what's that and they are just convinced that you know their life is over unless they do this thing and um, I kind of like I see I see where they're coming in at one one you know like you can talk about like I just want to see what I'm capable of what is the best that I can do um, but there's there's got to be some sort of sweet spot Mm. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't really know the answer to it. I just, I just want to explore it, and I want to be, I want to acknowledge it and be aware of it. I want to have the conversation with people about it, um, and not just ignore it and make it rah rah like let's go, let's go as hard as we can. This is the best thing in the world um, because we're we're dealing with people who again have young kids and stressful jobs and um, still can't put their arms over their head um, five years into um, this thing. And um, there's got to be other things that we can do for them. Um, and that just, yeah, that just started to get frustrating for me towards the end of it um, that I was trying to, it, and I know it, it probably felt almost like a betrayal to some of my members that I was like, but you were, you know, you're all about this and you're talking about this and you're doing it yourself. And now you're telling me that I shouldn't be doing it. And, uh, you know, that all I could say was, well, yeah, it's the, it's the benefit of experience of, I've been in there long enough now that I can see some of the negative consequences uh, for certain groups. Um, and and that, that's all I'm relaying to you is, uh, you know, I can see maybe there's a different path for you, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough conversation. Uh, it's that. So is that the main, um, I was curious about the difference between coaching, say focusing on over forties, which is your, that's your, um, Trying to think of a less offensive term than shtick. <laughs> that's that's all that's no, coming no, that's in my good. head. That's that's your yeah, vein. That that's is your, my shtick. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Um, that's is my there, shtick for sure. <laughs> is there is there uh it is the major difference between um focusing on say people in the age group categories or people in people people with just like uh, a lot of life stresses or a lot of you know maybe some extra years under their belt or whatever, if you're heading from 40 upwards, is the major difference there. Um, like, are, are you focusing on still performance, but a different kind of performance, I guess? Is it a, is it a more kind of um, less competitive performance and less like, oh, you want to do better than you did yesterday. It's more that you want to move better than you did yesterday. You want to, you know, you know, structurally improve yourself rather than yeah. a faster time kind of thing. Yeah, and I mean, one of the examples I would give to people is if we're talking about, you know, PRs, uh, at some point, those end, like, at least classic ones, right? Like we talked about just being stronger. What's your deadlift when I am? Cool, it's, you know, when I was 25, it was this. When I was 35, it was that. When I was 45, oh, heck, it's getting tough to pull that. Um, and at 50, it's less. So now what, again, do I, do I quit because there's no longer any improvements available to me in fitness? Um, no, there's, 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 I mean, even just taking that example, maybe I can improve my 5RM, my 10RM. Um, maybe I can explore aspects of a single leg deadlift. I don't know, but, uh, maybe I'll, I'll try to, uh, get a, get a glute ham raise, you know, with no assistance. Um, there's a lot more I can still do around that posterior chain work. But um, perhaps the deadlift one RM, you know, has gone as high as it will ever go. Mm. Uh, and 
that's definitely something that's tough for people to wrap their heads around. It's, it's almost like ignoring, like, like disputing the fact that you're going to die. Like, we know we're going to die, but a lot of us don't kind of live like we believe that. And it's the same in this world. We know that surely you can't, if you just could keep adding weight, then you'll have a, a thousand kilo back squat at some point. And we know that's not possible. So at some point when that ends, what do you, what will you train for then? Um, and if you don't practice it, it's going to be very hard to transition. And that's again, the, the people I found I was dealing with were, they were in this, yeah, it's like they've been, it's like they were religious and then somehow someone had proven to them that, that God wasn't real and their world was just blown apart and they just, they couldn't, couldn't cope. Uh, and this, you see these people who are starting to struggle to, to get new PRs, uh, getting frustrated, trying, you know, oh, maybe I need to sign up for this accessory program. Maybe I need to get on this other thing. Maybe I need to try a new gym, new coach. Maybe I need to train more. Um, and it's, it's just a thing of, well, you have no real purpose beyond PRs. And if you don't have actual purpose, and you're only chasing PRs, that's the problem. So I would often say things like, yeah, people are chasing uh, performance and, and pain and, and entertainment instead of thinking about um, purpose and fulfillment and enjoyment. Um, and and uh, if you can't incorporate some of those things early on, you're gonna have a real problem you know, later on in life trying to, because that's all you can train for at some point. Although again, there's coming back to performance, right? There's still things that you can improve in. Like I'm trying, I plan around with a lot of body weight stuff now, you know, I've still got goals to, like, I'd love to see if I could do something like a, you know, press to handstand when I'm 50 or uh, flags and, you know, um, front and back levers on the rings and things like that. Um, a, a, a strict, like really good strict freestanding handstands, you know, on parallels and things like that. Those are some of the things I'm exploring now. And I'm still miles away from, from any of those, but I'm pretty sure I can continue to make progress in those um, for a wee while. Um, I'm not going to get any stronger. I don't think like absolute strength. I don't think there's much room left for that. Um, I wasn't a very strong guy to begin with, um, but I'm pretty sure I've hit my ceiling um, in that, in that aspect. Um, so yeah, there's, you, there's other you, thing. Did you ever get your 60 kilo bench? <laughs> Just, <laughs> well then once you hit that sure where you just you know that's oh. you've you've peaked that's forget it yeah yeah um my dad did a headstand at my sister's wedding and he was 69 so that's that's brilliant he's also uh he'd be a great crossfitter actually um would have been he's probably beyond it he has like two hip replacements and a scaffold on his spine now um but he he's like his arms are very long his legs are very short oh, and his deadlift. torso is very short um i always remember when i was a kid i was obsessed with his forearms because he's a farmer like and he's always you know carrying pull and all that stuff and i like he always had a tan and his forearms were always ripped as shit he was like popeye and like everything else was just like normal, but his forearms were just ridiculous. Um, yeah, that's almost... a big, uh, big indicator of longevity, right? Like grip strength. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's funny when I when I when I sold off everything in the gym, I kept um, axle bars. I've got some um, like circus dumbbell handles, um, maces, clubs, kettlebells. Everything I've got, funnily enough, sort of seems very grippy. 
Um, yeah. I was thinking about the other, the other day. I want to keep, you know, got to keep using that stuff for that reason. What do you use mace much? Yeah, I, um, I'm not like a full, you know, I'm not like a full convert. I don't think yeah. uh, maces and Indian clubs cure cancer or anything, but um, those are kettlebells. <laughs> just joking but uh those guys those guys are even worse right um but uh i love those things and yeah I'll, i like just you know um 360s and yeah. and um things like that just great for the shoulders and just i just enjoy i'm a big fun, fun fan of anything that's kind of got flow to it yeah so yeah it's a lot of fun i was watching uh savan was talking about it he he got a mace he was using it <laughs> and there's like a blue line on the handle and yeah. the guy that he was talking to caleb was like what's what's the story of the blue line is that is that on it is that like where you is that where you hold it or whatever and he was like no that's my line that if i hold it above that i'll hit the ceiling <laughs> so he's like he's drawn <laughs> that line of like that's where i have to hold it's it i'd hit it's something yeah. i thought that was very funny um we'll finish with a quick fire i feel i could talk to you for hours sure. but we i have you have a day ahead of you and i have a night ahead of me so yeah, um so cardio or gymnastics Ooh, uh gymnastics um run or row run even though i'm i don't really enjoy it i seem to be good at it and um you've got to get outside mm. just move your roar outside um yeah. <laughs> burpees or thrusters shoot that's a tough one um I'll have to say burpees. Thrusters have always been my nemesis. Um, ski or bike? Uh, I'd bike. Uh, co- bike. Coach or compete? Yeah, coach. Yeah, I figured. I also had one a kettlebell or dumbbell, and then I was looking at your page, and I was like, I mean, he's like presumably clearly going to pick kettlebell. I assume. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny. I'll go out to the garage. I've got you know. I said I've got everything out there, and. Um, when it comes to, because you know, CrossFitters they 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 hate giving up their barbell, and you saw this again during during COVID. It's like, oh my god, I'm out in the garage with a couple of dumbbells, dude. You can do anything with those things, and I would go out there with all these toys, sometimes fully intending to load it up and deadlift heavy or squat heavy or something. And I I just find myself, especially when you're time pressure, I just grab a couple of kettlebells and go for it. Mm. Fantastic workout. Yeah. Um, so I find myself still defaulting to that sort of that sort of training especially again when when time crunch you know if you waste half the time loading the the barbell up <laughs> although you could call that a workout in its own right i suppose um, yeah but yeah i definitely would i do enjoy this the, the simplicity of being, of being able to grab a couple of dumbbells or barbells yeah i yeah i think lockdown taught us a lot about lifting in general i think i quiet cleans while a baby sleeps that's yeah or on a shit floor you know where you're on like i can't drop it like that's your yeah that's that's your real like if you're going for a lift and you're like i can't miss or i'll break the floor that's that's pressure funny i think i remember seeing the like it was like the street parking crew or something they talked about like getting a sandbags because um it's better to clean a sandbag um because if your kid crawls underneath you while you're in the middle of it you know you'll probably just give them you know really bad bruising but you won't kill them (laughs) <laughs> I thought that's actually genius. Like yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, safety. They'll sense. still get very badly hurt, but they probably won't die. Yeah, they won't remember it, but they also <laughs> won't be scarred for life by it. So yeah, no, it's good. Um, well, listen, thanks. Uh, you're a fascinating man. Uh, it's it's been great to talk to you, and uh, hopefully we get to talk again sometime because I think this, you know, there's just 
you have a wealth of experience and I think interesting things to say about a lot of things. Um, and yeah, enjoy, enjoy your, your day and your inevitable, uh, challenges with your child and your inevitable rewards. I think you're in for, you're in for a good treat there. I think you told me a few things to look forward to. Yeah, I can't wait.